dying. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, going into John chapter 16, we know that there are a lot of verses there. And as we go down, amen, start with verse chapter, um, John chapter 16, start with verse number 19. And the Bible says, now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said unto him, do ye inquire among yourselves of that I said, a little while ye shall not see me, and again little while, and ye shall see me. Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Amen. And we know that whenever the, uh, Jesus was talking to the disciples, we know uh, as we go on into this uh, lesson, he was talking to them mostly on Proverbs and, and words that, uh, that they can you know, pretty much understand. There were certain things that if Jesus knew, if he was to tell them out plainly, he says, so many things I got to say to you, but you can't bear them all right now. But I tell you what, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall understand just about all things that Jesus has said unto us. So when he says that on that day, when Jesus is going to die, all of us, many of us, you know, many of them, they're going to start crying and and he says, but the world shall rejoice. That, that is the, the world of Rome, who was the ruler back then. They were rejoicing because they think that they killed off the king who's going to be king of the world. And of course, sorrow is going to be turned into our hearts, but our sorrow will be turned into joy to know that it's not over yet. Jesus has still got ministry going on. And he gives us an example as, as to what is going to happen in verse number 21. He says, a woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. Now... I know many of the brothers, we can't attest to that, but many of the sisters, the women, you all were gifted, amen, to bring forth life into the world. And sure enough, travail pains, because we know as things begin to climax, the pain begins to increase. And before the birth comes, amen, we know that the, the many doctors and the nurses are telling, you know, the, the woman to push and continue to push but the pain is so aggravating, it's so severe, but the more she pushes, she shall bring forth life into the world. And Jesus is letting them know as the hour cometh, certain things in the Roman government is going to escalate, which means that, man, um, just to give you a little hint, now I'm going to be, Jesus is going to be in prayer, and you're going to have a lot of the city officials coming. And when they come, they're going to come and arrest Jesus. Yeah. And when they start arresting him, amen, things are going to start taking place, which means that Jesus is going to go from courtroom to courtroom during certain hours of the day. He's going to be beaten and he's going to be prepared, amen, to go to the cross. So all of our pain and suffering personally is not in vain. We are going to, too, rejoice because our suffering is as unto the Lord. 
And many of fact, when we read Matthew chapter five, it says, blessed are ye, amen, that men shall revile you and speak evil against you for his sake. But rejoice and be exceeding glad because great is our reward in heaven. So our anguish and all our pain shall be turned, turned into joy. And as we go into verse 22, and ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart shall rejoice and your joy no man taketh from you. Now in that verse, I had a personal note because whenever we have the joy of the Lord, it is Satan's task to take that joy from us. And even though the scripture says, no man taketh that joy from you, I want to say this, if you let him, Satan will take that joy from you. We have it. And many people, your joy is going to be tested. And if it is not founded and rooted in Jesus Christ, your joy, you'll find out it's going to be up one moment and down the next. But that's why, amen, many times Paul encourages to be steadfast and unmovable always abounding in the things of the Lord. And knowing that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So many of us, we have the joy. We got to make sure it's rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus. Don't let no man take your joy. Now, one thing is that my happiness is going to be happy one day and sad the next. But my joy is forever rooted in Jesus Christ. And then verse 23 says, and in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Now, when I look at this verse, it always reminds me of John 15, 7. <clears throat> As we go back, amen, one chapter, verse number seven. And he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what ye will and it shall be given unto you. So whatever I'm asking of the father, I want to make sure I'm asking it according to the word of God. Whenever a person prays, Sometimes a person can pray way out there in left field and then stick the name of Jesus at the end, thinking that Jesus is going to answer that prayer. But I tell you this, when you ask the Lord, ask the Father in the name of Jesus, Lord, according to your word, you said, if I abide in you and your words abide are rooted and hooked up in me, then I'm going to ask according what your word says. Now, God's word never fails. And then the Bible says, whenever you pray God's word, whatever that you send it out to do, his word is not going to return back void. So I got to refer back to what the words of Jesus said. And therefore, whatever I ask for, I can expect it to happen because, Lord, you said it in your word. Hmm. Then verse number 24, 
He says, hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. Now the disciples are being introduced, amen, that whenever you go to the Father, you want to go in the name of Jesus. And the reason why is because Jesus is the living son of God. Jesus is also mentioned, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So therefore, when you go unto God asking anything in prayer, you want to go to him in the name of Jesus. And then verse 25, these things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. <clears throat> He's also setting up the stage for the disciples, letting them know that, as we know earlier in the chapter, that when the spirit of truth is come, he shall bring all things back to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. And therefore, whenever we hear the Lord Jesus speaking to us by way of the Holy Spirit, through the authority of his word, that gives us godly confidence that we can come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find his grace to help in time of need. So now he's given us, amen, given us some foresight that as we come before the throne of God in the name of Jesus, and he says the Holy Spirit is going to show us all things, and he's going to show us plainly unto the Father. Whatever we see Jesus do, amen, God is doing also. And what God is doing, Jesus is doing. And when we see that plainly before our eyes, we want to follow that same characteristic of the life that Jesus lived. We want to live it just as the same way. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he always referred to, to the word. He said, as it is is written. He always went back to the word. So whenever we are tempted, the Holy Spirit will bring back the word of God into our mind to let us know that whenever we are tried and tempted, we can say, as it is written, I got to keep my focus and my mind stayed on Jesus. And when we look at it in this life, the battleground is really in our minds. Mm. Whenever we hear something, it's going to provoke a response. And if we respond, amen, with the confidence of the Lord Jesus, we are going to overcome. And many times there are some things that's going to catch us off guard. There's going to be many arrows aimed at us. And some things are going to be aiming at us to, to kind of get our minds off of Jesus. And the moment that we respond in the flesh, we're going to reap that of the flesh. But when we can respond in the spirit, from the spirit, amen, we're going to rejoice and bear life. So therefore, amen, he also warns us in verse number 27. The Father himself loveth you. Why? Because ye have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. That listen, even though 
Jesus physically was born from Mary. And he was born and grown up as a child. Knew everything about childhood all the way up into adulthood. Amen. Jesus was came here on earth. He became Emmanuel unto us from God. And the more that we hung up, that the disciples hung around Jesus, saw Jesus, see how Jesus governed his life. Amen. We know that this man is not only from Mary, but he is directly a son of God. Even when Peter got the revelation and Jesus asked him, who do you say that I am? He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto him. It was by the spirit of God that revealed it unto So they believed that Jesus, a man, came straight from God. And then verse 28, Jesus says, I came forth from the Father and am come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. Now he's talking about the death. He says, man, I got to die on the cross. Jesus did not come just to entertain the disciples by walking on water, uh, healing the sick, raising the dead, uh, speaking to the sea and the wind, and it obeys him. He said, no, man, my purpose here, I got to go to the cross. And that is the main purpose that Jesus came here on this earth. So he says here, I came from the Father, from, from the Father in heaven. I came down to earth. And again, I'm going to leave the world when I die, and I'm going to go to the Father. And then verse 29 says, his disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now we get to understand what you are talking about. And then verse 30 says, Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Hallelujah. They are now fully persuaded and fully convinced that we know that Jesus came from God. Even when Nicodemus came to Jesus, amen, even Nicodemus says, no man can do these things unless they came from God. Mm. Even he was persuaded. But now the disciples are fully convinced that Jesus came directly from God. And now here is the question, verse 31. Jesus answered them and says, do ye not believe? Now, when I read that, it also asked me directly, Brother Nedry, do you now believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And the moment I say yes, guess what? That's when all hell is going to break loose. <laughs> I'm going to experience joy maybe just for that moment. But the next day, here comes all the troubles and the trials because I said yes to Jesus. But the more I say yes to Jesus, amen, I'm walking in victory. I know that Jesus died for my sins. 
And not only did he die for my sins, he proved how strong his love was when he rose from the dead. So now, amen, do I believe, and I can say convincingly without a shadow of the doubt, yes, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And then verse number 32, behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Jesus is letting the disciples know the, the hour is coming that is going to test your answer to verse number 31. And the test is that when travail comes, all you guys are going to scatter and leave me to myself. And how many times, amen, are we proven? Also, that when trial come on us, many of our friends and the ones that we thought that we can depend on, then they start scattering. Because they know many times they want no part of it. But even though they leave you, it just magnifies the presence of Jesus even more. That I can depend more on God because Jesus will not leave me nor forsake me. He will always be my Emmanuel with me. And when he's with me, guess what? He is always going to keep me steadfast and unmovable. Now, here's one thing. Whenever our faith is tested, don't let your emotions overcome your faith. Mm. People's emotions go up one day and down the next. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, it can shift one second and then the next second it can shift. But all of this is the trying of our faith. Don't be led by your emotions. Stop and think about what would Jesus do in a moment like this? And the Holy Spirit will bring back to your remembrance that man, on this moment, when Jesus was tempted, he always went back to the word. And forever, O Lord, is thy word settled in heaven. God's word, can no man take it from you. And therefore, since it's already in me, I might as well act upon it. And let me not act upon my emotions and my feelings. Yes, I'm going to be crying sometimes. And sometimes I have to walk away some things in tears. Because God is letting me know by the Holy Spirit. You can almost hear the Holy Spirit saying, uh-uh, I don't think so. We're not going to have none of that today. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit would just let you know, walk away, even if I got to walk away from something in tears. I got to walk away in God. Because my emotions and my feelings can be tossed around, but my faith has got to be solidified in God. Yes. And verse number 33, I love this. He says, these things I have spoken unto you. Now, when I looked at that, he says, these things, what things? The things that he has spoken before. 
when he says it, he also says it in the very first verse of chapter one, I mean, chapter 16 and verse one. He says, these things have I spoken unto you that you should not be, be not offended. He says, they shall put you out in the synagogues. And the time cometh that whosoever killeth you, thinking that they're doing God a service. And these things they will do unto you because they do not believe on the Father who sent him. So these things are going to come up. So God says, don't forget what I told you. He says, these things I've spoken unto you, that in me, in him, it says there that you might have peace. And here's what I get from that. Many people have Jesus, but they don't have everlasting peace. Mm. And some of us, amen, we know that we're going to go through certain things. But man, my faith has got to be bedrock in Jesus. My faith is going to be tested. And if I have Jesus, not only do I have peace, I also have the Prince of Peace. And when I have him, I've got to applicate what Jesus said in my hearing, let it settle in my spirit so that my peace is forever in God. I know that, Lord, if I die, I'm going to die into the Lord. If I live, I'm going to live into the Lord. Wherever I live or die, I belong to him. So his peace that he's given me is everlasting. Not just the peace for the moment, but, but for the peace that's going to give me a calmness for everlasting. <clears throat> then he says, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. And most of all, we know it all too well. You think that this pandemic that we're, that we're experiencing, amen, you think it was just for something that came up out of China? I think that God is permitting certain things to happen to keep our focus on God. And many times God can use world issues or world situations to turn our focus all back unto Jesus. How many of us can remember 9-11? Uh, you know, when the Twin Towers were hit and the planes crashed into it. And all of us saw what was happening right before our eyes on television, right? That Sunday, it was almost all month long, almost every church was packed, amen, to capacity. And I remember as we had to put a seating aisles, I mean, additional chairs in the aisles just to accommodate the people coming in. And God used that, amen, to let us know, don't ever keep your eyes, amen, on the world, but keep your eyes on Jesus. So he says, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. But I like that conjunction there. He says, but be of good cheer. Why should I be of good cheer? Because Jesus has already overcome the world. Everything that Jesus lived here on earth is for our learning once we get into God's word. And then he says here, amen, be of good cheer. When we have God in us and we are cheerful almost every day, keep the joy of the Lord, 
Keep the peace of God. Be of good cheer. He says, man, people are watching us when trials come. People are watching us and how we're going to respond, you know, to the next thing that's going to happen from this virus. We got many variants going around. And who knows, this year, they were talking about there might be something else coming up. But how do the Christians respond? And when people see us, amen, you want them to come to you and ask you, man, what is it about you that makes you tick? How come you ain't tripping like everybody else is tripping, amen, when we got another variant coming on this year? Because they want to see, amen, a Christian response based on the word of God, not based on our feelings and our emotions. I, I can just take myself for an example, amen. Uh, I, I work in the clinic at Randolph. And um, I'm one of the executive advisors there. And we get hit with every certain sickness that comes into that place. And one thing we got to do, amen, do not give in to fear. You got your mask on. Yes, I do. But the main thing is that when people come with their issues, do not give in to fear. We've been trained to be prepared in position to help these people. So when they come to the hospital, they're coming for help. And guess what? You could be a spiritual hospital that people can see and come to you for help. Because you got Jesus on the inside. Man, you got faith in God. That when they come to you, you don't have to give them politics. You give them the policy of the word of God. And when you give them that, you are now giving them like spiritual impartation. I'm giving you something that, man, even though you might not be physically cured, but let me speak to your spirit. And therefore, you're bringing forth a sense of healing towards them. So, man, let me get you to the doctor. Man, let me get you some help. And, man, while they're sitting there and they got their appointment set up, and you know, you know, you got to come at least, what, 10 or 15 minutes early during that time frame in between the moment you came in and the time before you see the doctor, man, man, let me give you some words of encouragement. Let me deposit something in you that even though you may leave this place with some tubes of medication, let me give you some spiritual medication. So therefore, they got something to think about, something that's going to be um, you know, on their mind, that's going to go beyond the medication. You know, the doctor would say, take two of these and call me in the morning, right? <laughs> Man, take this verse and call on God the moment you get to your car. You can sense that man, that man, even though we got this issue going around the world, you don't have to be affected by the troubles of the world. Because he says in the verse, in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Jesus, how did you overcome the world? 
where he says, I've already spoken unto you these things. <laughs> and he says here, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He talks about the comforter. And when the comforter comes into you, amen, he says he will guide you into all truth. And the Holy Spirit should not speak of himself, for whatsoever the Holy Spirit heareth, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And the Holy Spirit will glorify me, and he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Some things are coming up. Therefore, amen, I need you to sharpen your word in you. He says, I need you to be on the cutting edge of the word of God. That when you speak to someone, you're cutting through all their trouble, all their distress, all their pain and suffering. And the word of God is like the sword of the spirit. And you're speaking to cut through all of that stuff to get to the root cause. And many of them, really, it's just an area of their unbelief. The Holy Spirit says, man, I'm going to use those who hear this, this uh, lesson today. Whenever we go about tomorrow, even if we go to go out, you know, go shopping to H-E-B somewhere. Man, I want you to be on the cutting edge of God's word. So that when people come to you, amen, you can cut through all that stuff and give them a spiritual prescription. And when you give them a spiritual prescription, guess what? You're also giving them a point of reference. Man, where did you get that from? Man, I'm glad you asked. Man, it's in John chapter 16, verse number seven. It's also in verse number 13. It's also in verse number 33. You're giving them a point of reference that man, maybe some, maybe, maybe for the first time, many of them, they can open their Bibles and find it for themselves. That when they get God's word, guess what? We pray that the Holy Spirit shall illuminate their eyes of understanding. That man, the Bible's been here the whole time, and you just now picking it up. But they couldn't pick it up until they met you at the store and they saw God's peace. They saw God's joy. They saw that, man, there was some uh, like joy all over you. And when they asked you, man, what is it about you that make you tick? It's not that I got up this morning. It's not that I got, you know, money in the bank. Let me go beyond that, man. I got to talk about the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ who not only died for me, but the strength of his love that he rose again from the dead. And now he's sitting on the right hand of the majesty on high, interceding for me. And guess what? That's not the climax. <laughs> the climax is when he returns. Hallelujah. Because he says here, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to go to the Father and therefore, amen, I'm coming back again. So in the meantime, amen, I'm going to give you the comforter. And when you are in fellowship with me, amen, it is the Holy Spirit that makes the Bible real. It's the Holy Spirit that makes the blood real. It's the Holy Spirit that makes your prayer real in communion with God. 
And he says, when I come back, amen, when the spirit of truth has come, guess what? We're going to see him and see him as he is. And every man that have this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. Hallelujah. So <clears throat> we got all of this. And some of you are going, okay, Minister Nedrick, so what? I hear you speaking about all this stuff about peace and trouble. So what? What's the big deal here? What's, what's the takeaway? Well, as you look in your Bible lesson, it talks about today's aim. And it goes, it talks about the facts. And the facts is to see how Jesus finishes his farewell discourse to his disciples by promising both suffering and joy. Suffering, amen. You're going to suffer as a Christian. And if I suffer unto righteousness, not suffering for bad things, suffer unto righteousness, and the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Okay, Minister Nedrick, so what's the principle? The principle here is to comprehend that Jesus has overcome the world, listen, that causes our suffering. So we must remain faithful unto him. So what is it that I got to do? Man, here is the application. <laughs> remain devoted in serving the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. In serving him. How do I serve him? Man, as I get up in the morning, Lord, I'm going to serve you as I go to work. And I want them to see of me serving you as I work that would draw their attention more of you and less of me. He says, serving the Lord Jesus Christ as we walk with him, listen, and suffer with him every day. That, Lord, my flesh has got to die. That means that, Lord, some of my emotions, Lord, I got to die to my old feelings to my old way of thinking, to my old response to certain things. That man, I've got to be sure that if I'm suffering unto righteousness, amen, if I suffer with him, I'm going to reign with him. And Jesus knows all about our trouble. It reminds us, amen, it also gives us one of the verses to read in Hebrews. For we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted, just like we are, yet without sin. So I don't have to give in, amen, to my trouble. I want to be steadfast and unmovable. Some of you, amen, I may be going through trouble and tears are coming down my face. I may be going through trouble and my heart could be broken. But Jesus says, amen, I need to be steadfast and unmovable. Experience the victory of the Lord Jesus. And when you do that, you magnify him. You make him bigger than your trouble. Hallelujah. So the more I magnify him in the midst, amen, of pain and suffering, I can see more of God's deliverance coming to take place. 
more of joy coming to take place. I can receive the healing of joy, of God's joy taking place in my life. That even though I may be physically broken, man, my spirit is being rejoiced and healed in him. And when I can get that from him, amen, I know I got a peace that surpasses all understanding. And look at our lesson. It talks about the conclusion of the lesson. It says here, following Christ through the turmoil of this life is worth it. However, as God will extravagantly reward those who, who persevere in faith through the hard times of this life, both now and forever, take this victory in Jesus that the world cannot take away. And this is a victory that God has guaranteed. Hallelujah. God has given us a guarantee about the victory of Jesus. This is victory. It's not only for now. It's also into eternity. Hallelujah. And when I can lift my eyes up unto Jesus, amen, and keep my eyes focused upon him, he says the more you look towards him, the more you're drawing other people towards him. Even Jesus says that if I, and I be lifted up from the earth. Hallelujah. He says, I will draw every man, woman, boy, and girl unto him. That means that, man, when folk look at you, guess what? They're looking at the character of Jesus Christ. And when they can see it without a shadow of a doubt, the Holy Spirit is drawing their attention to you. And at that moment, you become God's spokesman for the hour. And when you speak, I'm going beyond the things of the world. We already know what's going on around the world. Let me speak to you, amen, that's going to give you some stability in your life. Let me give you the Lord Jesus. And guess what? Many people, they might just turn, away, turn that away. They say, man, I don't want Jesus right now, man. I need something else. I said, okay, brother, well, let's go over here, amen. Let's get you something to eat. <laughs> On our way to McDonald's, talking about the goodness of Jesus around the food, amen, that God has given me provisions to pay for the man's meal. Talk about the goodness of Jesus. And guess what? They might not even receive Jesus. But at least, Lord God, I planted the seed of your word into their hearing. And guess what? Next week, I might see the same person on the same corner of the road holding up the same sign, you know, work for food or minister to me because I'm a veteran. And when they see your car coming up, they know what you are going to bring them. You're going to bring them Jesus, right? <laughs> That, Lord, even though they may reject me the second time they see me, Lord, I know I did my part. Many people are going to reject Jesus, but Jesus still had to go to the cross and die for humanity. Man, he said, you might be crying now, but your, but your crying is going to be turned into joy because you did what I said. So God says, do what I ask you to do. 
Go out there and be a light unto the world. And in this, I'll close in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you. Enjoyed it. Amen. 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 The old days, Nettie. Thank you. And, and, and now, and, well, uh, let me just close out in a word of prayer before we go. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your spiritual. Thank you, Jesus. That, Lord, your word goes down on beyond my hearing. Let it seek down into my spirit. May your word germinate in our spirit that we shall bring forth life and life more abundantly that people can see the work of God. So we ask, Heavenly Father, may your word become evident in our life that the people can see the miracle work of Jesus in my life as we continue to let our light so shine before men that they may see your good work in us and glorify the Father which art in heaven. In heaven. In the Bible, brother Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.